Hello, I'm Howard Phillips Lovecraft, and despite all my warning, you're listening to Microphones of Madness. And now, Monday Night Heroes. Welcome to Monday Night Heroes, a subsidiary of Microphones of Madness. Tonight we conclude our epic adventure, Time to Harvest, Chaosium's big event. And with that, we will just give it to Nick because it's his puppy. Um, he needs to take it behind the barn and shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> We're putting it down tonight. Um, last time that we played, the investigators had thwarted the summoning of an elder being. Um, but there were still minor consequences um, in the form of Milk raining from the sky. The dry cleaning bill alone. Yeah. But everyone was able to survive, and uh, they were all inside of the um, the sheriff's uh, building. I guess the jail. Yeah, the jailhouse. Uh, oh, yeah. And we will go back to that, and it's the following morning. Um, if you need to replenish yourself with magic points, go ahead and do so, because it's the next day. Uh, I've taken a sheriff's badge and declared myself sheriff of this here land. You guys can all each gain one hit point from normal healing. There you go. And okay, I'm not the only one that can't understand a word that this guy says, right? <laughs> uh, He's talking. I thought he was just rambling on and like gun speak. <laughs> Uh, see, it comes to spend all those years the plastic coat of mine. We get, we get a little uh, uh, flossy jaw there, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's not a thing. <laughs> it sounds like every teacher that Chad has ever uh, has ever had. Vasis does flossy jaw. Uh, the rare disease of the, of the phosphorus and the mining where... It's a great killer. <laughs> As you guys are having this conversation, um, you guys are able to hear uh, the sounds of incoming like trucks. Um, like you hear their like could hear big engines on their way. Um and then as you look outside, you see that uh, FOC, there are trucks with FOC painted on their sides and a bunch of, like, uh, the uh, mercenary-looking men are uh, patrolling through the town, sifting through the rubble, trying to find any type of survivors. You think if we stay really quiet and in here, they'll leave? <laughs> oh, come on, boys! Don't they owe us money? I don't care. I just want to be free. Back what? <laughs> hey, you don't want your back pay? Seriously. I want my life back. <laughs> That's how the business works, let's say. You just keep shooting until the enemy, until everybody's dead, and then you collect your pay. I'm not a soldier. Soldier, mercenary. Student. Student. Librarian, oh, actually. 
It's all the same thing, man. No, it's not. You know, file a I've never had to shoot someone over a library book. Hey, I've had to beat a man to death over a library book. <laughs> what kind of library does you work in? You wanted to shoot him over a library book. Metropolitan Library. I would, I would argue with you. Like, I thought, I thought Dr. Armitage was pretty bad about his policies, but Jesus. That was a perfect book. And I was paid to recover it. I miss playing football. I miss books. Musty smell of the library. I really miss that. I yeah. even miss that really tall guy that used to come in there before he just suddenly disappeared one day. You all hear, uh, hello, is anybody there? No. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, oh, wow. This is a little here. Oh, that's you, Julius? Oh, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, there are more of them. It's me, your brother, Clem. <laughs> your brother, cousin. Everybody else got to die, though. I get that hazard pay, right? Yeah, we'll take care of that in due time. Um, we'll uh, we'll have a truck come over and pick you guys up. This guy's like shouting this from like a block away. Woo, doggy. Uh, and at that point, a uh, yeah, FOC truck pulls up. Um, and um, truck driver gets out. He beckons you into the truck. Uh, you can just There's, leave the truck. I can drive us back. Anybody that needs medical assistance or um, otherwise, just get inside. Just get in the truck. No time to explain. <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. But we already did live. I said, "Come with me if you want to live." Oh, oh, that kind of live. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, when you put it that way. Um, I'll take my chances with the trees. Thank you. <laughs> I won't. I'm going in the truck. Uh, I don't like them trees anymore. I'm moving to a place without trees. We have food there too, guys. Chazzery in the truck. Oh, Julius! Julius is in the truck. He wants to pay. Oh, I assume we all get move. in the truck. Uh, I don't yeah. think this is an option. There's yeah. not schnitzel, but it's breakfast, so there's strudel. Potted cream. Yeah, why not? Okay, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to get you into the plot vehicle. <laughs> Would there be soup? Oh, wait, sorry, wrong. <laughs> I'd just take us to the fucking rail yard and put us on the train. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. The train back to Arkham. You'll be flown back to Detroit in due course. We live in Detroit. Isn't this enough to satisfy the fat guy's cravings for revenge? Dead or alive, you're coming with me. No, we um, we we found some things last night, and um, uh, he has a proposal. We We just got screwed on. Do you not see the city? (laughs) 
We just got spewed on by an interdimensional super fiend. Well, that's what he wants to talk with you about. Um, I, it's, it's below my pay grade, though. So uh, please, if you will, just get in the truck. You can talk with him. You can talk I just wanted you to know I always wanted to say spewed on by an interdimensional superfood. <laughs> My life is now complete. Well, I'm getting in the truck. All right, so you all get in the truck because I say so. All right. That is it. You had a choice. <laughs> You're taken to a field hospital on the outskirts of town. And your guys' wounds and uh, such are dressed. So put yourself up to full heal. Oh, wait. Does anybody, is anybody really low on hit points? Like, did anybody get really hurt? I don't think so, right? I don't think anybody got hurt. I only hurt. got my two at this point. Okay. Ah, put yourself right. back up to full then if you're only down by like four at the most. Um. As you guys are being looked over, um, you're approached by um, Leon Pasquale, one of the um, one of Avalard's men. He's one of the guys that was at the cabin with us, isn't he? Yeah. I spit in his face and call him a coward. How are you so alive? He wipes his face with his... He pulls his handkerchief out of his coat and wipes his face. He says, okay, that was understandable. Um, uh, I'm, I'm here to take you all back to Detroit immediately um, to speak with Mr. Abelard. Um, he has something to show you, um, and it's of the highest priority and importance. Uh, and at that point, you notice the four burly men behind him all with their hands in their coats as if they're reaching for pistols. In a very intimidating manner. Okay. That's a weird welcome for a hero just murdering the things, were you? Actually, we need you. Uh, we need you to go speak to Sergeant... Um, Ah, sure. Alcori! Sarge! Oh, yes, Dorius. Come on. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I really couldn't help myself. Um, Come speak with me in my office. Or my my tent, I guess. Radio, Sarge, there, yes. Oh, uh, oh, hi there, Sarge, yes. (laughs) I'm picturing Morgan Freeman in Dreamcatcher. (laughs) <laughs> oh god that is called the Corey line I'm actually picturing the, the lead scientist from uh, the 88 uh, Bob <laughs> quarantine the area yeah pretty much same thing <laughs> yep um, okay uh, Julius you walk into a tent that's um Lightly furnished. There's like a folding table and some folding chairs, um, and like a cot off in the far end. Um, the sergeant asks or asks you to take a seat, 
And he asks, um, so what exactly happened last night? Um, we're, we're getting a lot of information, but we, you, you all seem to be the only survivors that were in town. So what exactly did you see? I thought you, Sarge. That was, we were going in. And all of a sudden, we were ambushed by walking trees. I, I've seen some strangers in my life, but these trees were uh, vicious. I mean, I mean, worse than a bunch of Germans over a trench line. Man, the men were just slaughtered to a piece. Hey! Watch your mouth. <laughs> You're not here, boy. Anyway, <laughs> vicious and uh, inhuman, hunt like savages they were. Anyway, so uh, after after uh, after I uh, did some uh, reconnoitering in the round side of them, most of them were killed, and uh, I had to catch up with uh, these here. Uh, 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 sides uh, Sudanese folks here, and uh, then we went a little bug hunting, found a little hidey hole, and uh, and you know apparently they got some cylinders in there with the uh, old people's brains. I don't know, dating like the 1600s apparently. It's bizarre. You know, there's that. They go on about the they go on about the clothes, the fake money, the uh, room full of stuff, and other rooms full of things. And so on and so on and so forth, and blah 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 blah. <laughs> okay, so he takes down your statement and then dismisses you. Radio is Okay, at this point, you all are flown back to the FOC headquarters in Detroit, all under armed escort, of course. Um, once you guys arrive back at the uh, FOC headquarters, uh, you see that there's, you know, uh, there's an increased security force around the FOC building, um, which is now surrounded by a wire, by wire fences, uh, or barbed wire fences, um, armed guards, and patrol dogs. Uh, let me keep my BAR, right? Yeah. Because they were security purposes. Yeah, but... I mean, you're not allowed to take it with you into the headquarters. But yeah, you, you still are allowed to use it. Um, there's also a fortified gatehouse uh, where you are searched <clears throat> and you're forced to relinquish any weapons, such as the BAR. Uh, two German Shepherd dogs are brought out and they sniff at each of you uh, in turn. Uh, Pasquale explained, we discovered the canines have a strong aversion to the enemy. If one of these fellows active aggressively toward any of you, or even me, uh, you'd be shot on the spot. Luckily, all my samples are in my luggage. That's a good, that's a good thing. not dog people? Always learn to be a dog person in the field. They're going to come in handy. Sometimes you got to get past the enemy's entrenchments there, the dogs. So you guys are uh, brought into the, or you guys are marched into the main building, where you are uh, searched once again, um, before being escorted to the elevator up to Abelard's fifth floor conference room. Mister Abelard, the ones that were assaulted by trees. Why the hell are they so paranoid? Your security owes me dinner and a movie. <laughs> Stay. Oh. 
Yeah, so well, that could be arranged in due time. Um, have a lord. <laughs> He's seated at the end of the conference table and uh, with the ever-protective Mr. Murdoch standing behind him and Selena Preston at his right. A large German shepherd sits in the far corner of the room. Panting. Um, uh, Dr. Matheson is also present. Uh, Leon Pasquale waves the guards out and sits down to join the meeting. I have one question before we start. How the hell did all you Schweinhunds survive? It's very resourceful. Did you depend on measly students to do the dirty work? Like I said, very resourceful. Something smells like Bismarck and it ain't herrings. They ran. Well, so did we. No, we really didn't run because we couldn't. Ah. Oh, yeah. Things happen. So you all are seated and offered some refreshments. Um alcohol or soft drinks if you wish. You will not ply me with booze. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take hers. Or if any of you are hungry then uh, the cook can fix anything you want. Just remember what happened to Persephone when she ate of the enemy's food. I don't know who Persephone is but man this does pretty much Tennessee water. Well, if they were going to kill us, they've had plenty of opportunity to do so already. I don't think they care about killing us. We're bodies to use. So wow. go ahead with your monologue, mm-hmm. Dr. Evil. Does he have a cat that he's stroking? White Persian he's stroking. Slowly. He, has a, he has a German Shepherd in the corner. Mm. And at the table. I can appreciate that. He explains how um, the FOC FOC men were able to discover the Migo complex inside the hill and the aliens' successful attempt to destroy it by causing an earthquake. Uh, Abelard then uh, asks all of you um, what your stories are and what exactly happened last night. Trees. And aliens, that's what happened. I will redline through my account of the events. Thank you. Okay. I'll repeat what I told the Sarge. What I told him, trees and aliens, that's what happened. I cut the explanation down to 10 seconds and he knows everything. We had trees and aliens. Avalar says, well, your work in combating the aliens' threats has proven so invaluable that I wanted to ask you something. How do you feel about saving the world? How much is the Again? Man, didn't we just do that? Chad, Chad's had his hand up the entire time this conversation's been going on. Oh, yes, young man. <laughs> can, can, I, can I pet your dog? 
I drink more Tennessee water. Uh, I believe he's friendly. Go ahead. Chad walks over to pet the dog. Yeah, the dog lets you. Every dog is a puppy to Chad. He just picks it up. Um, <laughs> and then, sorry, we should start at the beginning. Uh, Dr. Matherson? Uh, Matherson proceeds to relate the following information. Well, uh, the FOC team sent into the Migo base beneath Broken Hill was able to salvage some of their technology before the complex was rent apart and buried by the earthquake. I'm pleased to say that we now possess hundreds of cylinders, each of which, hard thought it is to say, contains a living human brain. We also have the apparatus needed to interact with these brains. We've been working around the clock to interrogate the brains, discovering that all were, at some point, abducted by the Migo over the course of many years. Oh, we could have told you that. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> you didn't actually need to bother the brains. <laughs> well, just hear me through. Uh, one brain, called Subject X, claims to be a 17th century British astronomer. Unlike the others, Subject X seemed very eager to speak to us and had a very disturbing tale to tell. Subject X claimed to have knowledge of a threat to the entire world, saying the Migo came from a different dimension rather than from outer space. He warned that the aliens have been using the moon for years to store a rare ore taken from the Earth. Wait, 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 wait. Do we get to go to the moon? <laughs> Please let me finish. <laughs> he warned that the aliens have been using the moon for years to store a rare ore taken from the Earth, and that they plan to create some kind of portal, a gate as he called it, which will fuse our existence with theirs and integrate their reality with our own. Apparently, our dimension is unpalatable to the aliens, and this merging of dimensions not only makes the Earth a friendlier place for them, it will also completely eradicate the human race. This yeah, gate is... This gate... Wait. Sorry, go ahead. Why don't they just go back to their own friendly dimension? Yeah, why don't they have to mess up ours? Oh, you know, that's how the Hun works. They, they start taking over. Yeah. Will you shut up about the Hun? <laughs> I was there! I don't care! <laughs> so is my father's spine. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're going to Please. Before we, before we become a rabble, this gate has been constructed on the far side of the moon. This gate is being constructed on the far side of the moon. Technically speaking, since the moon is tidally locked with Earth, there is no far side. <laughs> but that would make a really excellent album title. No one ever dreamed existed. <laughs> know this all to be true because we've already been there. One of the last wait, 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 so we really do get to go to the moon? Yes, we're going to go to the moon. One of the last items we brought out of the alien complex was a smaller yet working gate. We need you to go through it and stop the Migo plane. I require a suit of armor built to the following specifications. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You got to build your own. Can't have people do it for you. What, what, what's, the, what's the pay on this? What's the pay? Is that? Do I hear echoes of lawyers past? He he keeps he keeps oh, ignoring. Oh, <laughs> he answer. He's not going to tell you how much you're getting paid because you're not. <laughs> um, One million dollars. We'll discuss that privately. But I believe that the 
the glory of saving the world and possibly the universe is more important than money. Also, not really, really easy to say from where you're sitting. I see that you have some gold in your pockets. Uh, you see nothing. No, oh, perverts. There's no gold in my pocket. Okay, saving the universe is one thing, and it's a wonderful goal. But after we've done that, we still have to live, and we still have to eat, and we still have to pay bills. That's all I'm saying. Ella, what's your last name again? Freeman. Freeman. Mm-hmm. Well, Ms. Freeman, would you like to go to the moon with me? I never thought you'd ask. <laughs> We'll pay each of you $50,000. How about that? Why <laughs> oh. is it slander? <laughs> oh. You don't have that much money, sir. They just need to think I do. <laughs> it's like oil and chemical company. They do well. $50,000 is a lot in the 20s. How are you getting to the moon? It's 300000 How are you getting to the moon? Well, follow me. You guys are then taken down to the laboratory, accompanied by Madison and two guards. Ella's vibrating a little bit with excitement. (laughs) The laboratory has undergone some changes since the investigators were last here. For one, it smells a lot cleaner, with all evidence of the fishy deep one's roof. There are a lot of wooden crates, with their lids removed, revealing rows of brain cylinders stacked within. The cells contain more cylinders neatly stacked on newly installed steel shelving units, as well as the scientists seated at a table. Each table holds a brain cylinder attached to arcane-looking machines, a tall with two lenses mounted on its front, a box covered in vacuum tubes and a sounding board, and a small box with a silver disc on its top, these being what you can determine communication devices. Uh, the, subject, the scientists are equipped with headphones and microphones jury-rigged to the boxes, and sit taking notes while apparently interviewing the brains inside the cylinders. At the far side of the room stands what you can only imagine as a gate. Two FOC men guard the gate on either side, each armed with drop holstered pistols and machine guns. The gate is, a fi- is, a, is five feet in diameter and sits beneath a one-foot deep, tra- deep arch forged from strange metal knot of this earth. The metal is covered in Migo script, and within the frame, several stones are embedded, each of which glows bright. Um, the arch stands between the investigators and in what appears to be a tunnel formed from a chalky white substance. Uh, who has geology? Me. Um, go ahead and roll for it. Oh, I missed by six, dang it. You can spend six luck points and make it. Okay, let's do that. Okay, so um, you're able to identify the tunnels composed of a plutonic igneous rock called, uh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this right, an orthocyte made mostly of, ah, oh, shit, made mostly of... <laughs> made wow, that's of, some hell of a, of a fart if you get an igneous rock it's out made of shit. Yo, what did you eat? <laughs> I'm going to try to say this. Chad! Chad Chad has been carrying the dog the entire time, and he covers its ears. He's been carrying the dog out of the room. (laughs) What? No one stopped me. 
You're not allowed to carry the dog out of this room. Hi, um, <laughs> puppy. There's a new puppy in this room that you can now hold. Oh, no. All right. Chad, Chad puts his hand so, back up. With Astrid B. <laughs> They point to you. Yes, yes, you may bet the dog. Oh, uh, good. A successful science geology role identifies the tunnel as composed of a plutonic igneous rock called anorthosite, made mostly of plagioclase, a coarse-grained volcanic rock commonly called feldspar, which cools over a long period of time. Thus, from the appearance of the rock, the tunnel should be located deep underground. More ominously... The investigators know that there are sticks of dynamite wired around the gate connected to a detonator. The more you know. <laughs> Pascal what? explains the gate is wired to explode on or to explode. The gate is wired to explode under Abelard's orders just in case anything tries to enter from the other side. Including us. Mm. I said I said the cost saving measure here. It's just a cautionary measure. You do uh, know they're just going to send us over and blow it up after we go through, right? We're yeah. not going to detonate it. Sure you are. I've this heard gate. that before. This gate to another world takes those that enter it into a small cave beneath the surface of the moon. Um, we've found that um, we, we, we learned of this gate we, we, sorry. We found that people that go through undergo some type of Improvement of their bodies. Um, really? We learned we learned of this from Subject X, and uh, what we sort of improvement? Well, we sent a dog through the gate to observe what would happen uh, upon conferring with Subject X, and sending the dog through by itself without any type of breathing apparatuses or atmospheric soup or anything like that, uh, the dog was able to survive. Um, it walked over to the other side of the gate. Um, it fetched a ball and then brought it back. And it was improved? Well, we say this because it, it, it was able to breathe um, hmm. on the opposite side of the gate. And probably withstand a vacuum. Do you allow international telephone calls? No. <laughs> no. Uh, no. We cannot arrange for that at this time. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, the dog plus the two men who were sent in after it made it back okay. Are you sure it was the same dog? The <laughs> I'm going to think about that, guaranteed. For people Probably to... had a collar on. Now, the dog did not have any ability to stretch. You could still see the dog. It was on fire, and it was not made of orange rocks. <laughs> no. Chad is like, <laughs> well, that's what about not very metal? Good. Did his skin turn into metal? Chad is holding on to the dog that he's petting and cradling it. Hoping that they are not going to try like, did, to do anything did it, with did this Did it dog. try to make the various plots to destroy the world once it returned? <laughs> no. It could do. Are math. you sure? It could do calculus. <laughs> That's why it was awesome. <laughs> I swear to God, if that dog turned into Doctor Doom, I'm so in. <laughs> the dog's good too. 
dog real sharp. Five years old. <laughs> the dog is now the dictator of some Eastern European <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matheson says, Mr. Abelard wants you to retire to your rooms for a few hours to consider the ramifications of our, of our request. I would like to see Let's go. I would like to see somebody go through the gate first. <sighs> okay. Fine. Or are you going through it? Oh, absolutely. Oh, and, and hell is going right with him because this is amazing. <laughs> I will uh, observe this. I will too. <laughs> Where are you guys going? Back in a minute, maybe. Uh, I'm on the west side. East Bay. I'm on the north side. I'm on the moon and Earth simultaneously. <laughs> Australia, America, Australia, America, Australia. Um, so you guys go through the gate, and you first you feel a strange feeling in your gut, but then it subsides. Oh, that steak is not well done. Actually, <laughs> at, or if if you begin to speak, you find that you're not able to. Uh, you mouth the words, but nothing comes out. Yeah, Ella starts tugging on your arm and starts mouthing. How can you hear me? Are <laughs> But you can read her lips, and you can tell that she's asking, "Can you hear me?" And. You nod. You cannot hear her. Or, yeah, sure, you nod. She hits you in the shoulder. You like son of a bitch. And she says that, you like son of a bitch. This is awesome! So, when yes. you guys, yeah, it's, you guys are, you feel a little bit lighter. Um, what are you doing? Jump. <laughs> <laughs> We're college kids on the fucking moon. <laughs> uh, roll a jump roll. Okay. <laughs> a jump roll? What the hell is that? Do you have a skill for jump? I've never paid attention to There's a skill for jump. Uh, I'm sorry. I jump roll. Thank you. You make the YouTube. jump No, I, I, I also feel a jump roll. This is... You this has to be. Days. This has to be done. You are two college kids on the moon. How are you not suggesting to each other that you want to have try and have sex on this planet? Because she oh, doesn't think he'll do it. We haven't gotten that far away from the portal yet. That's his doesn't think he'd do it. That's <laughs> drunk. No, we're not looking. Go on. Go ahead. We both are able to go up about ten feet, <laughs> and then you start drifting back down slowly. Okay, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's one small step for man. Perfect question. What are our pistols working the other side of this thing? Uh, Matherson says, we've found that um, firearms still work, um, and they're actually, they seem to be a little bit more effective. Uh, yeah, the- as you guys are talking, as, as he's asking that question on the other side of the portal, on the side we're on, Ella immediately lands and just tackle and kisses Benny as he's so fucking excited right now. This is amazing! You can't hear her yelling, but you know she is. Well, there. We're getting dinner out of show. <laughs> Tyler. Showmanship. 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 <laughs> 
require some popcorn at this point? God! <laughs> it was a kiss, people! <laughs> Alright, what are the rest of you doing while you see these two jump up, land, and then start romping on the ground? Well, when they started jumping, Chad was going to be like, alright, and then he just realized they tackled each other, and he's even he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> she gets up. And then he covers the dog's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, puppy. Alright, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a... Uh... I'm gonna need a, I mean, a combat knife and a BAR and two hundred and two hundred bullets. Gonna do this. You get twelve. <laughs> no, you can give me two hundred. That's fine. Why not? Why not? So, what are we expecting on the other side of this gate besides a big bouncy house? Um. There is a city. Um, Owatu. What? Owatu. Is it on the edge of forever? Um, Nobody gets that? Damn. Gee. A, a secret base on the moon? Yeah, there's the Migo. That's, there's, there's the Migo base. It's inside of uh, an ancient city. Uh, we do, don't do, you have any, do you have any intel on this Migo base, or is it just go to the base? Yeah, but when we get there. Uh, well, it's it's two miles away. Uh, it takes us about a half hour to reach it. Um, when we arrive on the moon, there are about there are a network of tunnels and caves, uh, which we scattered out. It seems the Migo only use a portion of these. Uh, they just use the main tunnel leaving their base in the city to transport the ore they bring from Earth and who knows where. So uh, are we trying to destroy the ore? Are we trying to destroy their transport? Um, and are you sure you will not allow international call? <laughs> uh, let's, let's go discuss this back up in the boardroom uh, with Mr. Abelard and the others. Uh, they have, they have more information than we do. Ooh! These guys are taken back oh. up to the boardroom. Guys, that was fucking incredible. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, there's there's two new people seated at the table. Uh, there's a grizzly middle-aged man with a buzz cut introduced by Abelard as Devin Riley, and a fresh-faced younger man in his middle twenties introduced as Colin Lang. Uh, they're introduced as the first men sent through the gate and who have the most experience, um, on the moon. Uh, they have spent several hours scouting out the situation. They're both expert marksmen, military veterans, and loyal FOC employees. Uh, Julius, you know them. They're like your superiors. Oh, good friend. Abelard, you're, you all have like a camaraderie type thing. Abelard is proposing sending Riley and Lang with you two, or with with not with you all. As in his opinion, the pair can watch the investigators' backs while you sabotage the Migo plan. Uh, bringing the military men could possibly mean the difference between success and survival. Well, I got. Well, I always say bring more men along. 
How long has this gate been I've up never and why haven't the Migo? That. How long has this gate been up and why haven't the Migo found it and just it Uh, well, the gate's been up. Just it's it's they we we took the gate from their base, so it is their gate. Um, they have that's why they haven't destroyed it yet. They don't really have a reason to. Uh, I don't believe that they know that we have it yet, since we just were able to salvage it. If they didn't, they do now after all that caterwauling. You can't hear anything on that side. What? I couldn't hear. She hit you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, don't can hear a thing. That means don't can hear my bullets. When I well, don't know about that. It's not like you gave us guns to test out. Well, here's the plan. Um, we've constructed a bomb synthesized from prosquallium ore. Uh, yeah, which I told our, you they were going to blow us up. Which our scientists have discovered undergoes rapid chemical changes when exposed to detonation, followed by an explosive reaction. We need the bomb placed deep inside the installation the Migo have on the moon. Ideally, the bomb should be placed on the portal machine that will warp the dimensions that Subject X discussed. Um, he believes the explosion will obliterate the device and give humanity a reprieve. The bomb has a timer... Or has a timer. The bomb has a timer f- fitted, giving the investigators 20 minutes to leave the installation and get as far away as possible before it ignites. According to Riley and Lang, moving on the moon is different from walking on the Earth. <laughs> so they will teach you all how to maneuver on the moon. Are there any questions? Why us? Well, you have proven yourselves, and you have greater experience. And you have greater experience of dealing with the aliens. Riley and Lang. Say it again. I said, and we know too much to live. She's whispering that to Minnie. <laughs> how does? <laughs> A guy from the, the what the 18th century or the 16th century know about any of this stuff? Um, he was taken. He was taken to the moon at one point. Um, they needed his local knowledge of um, of astronomy, and so they brought him to the moon uh, for purposes that we we do not know. Man, no wonder they're still here. They're asking people from the 1700s how to the fuck the stars work. <laughs> ah. Oh, yeah, they are just trying to figure out where the Big Dipper was and, uh, you know, where the Big Dipper and the Gemini is and you gotta get all your coordinates triangulated off of them in order to link the gates together. Isn't that how that works? For me, that's just something my old buddy Kurt used to talk about. I think you and Kurt need to assess your lives. Wait, you understood him? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Think about some of the choices you've made. Are there any other questions? Can we go? Uh, yes. Bye. Or go 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 through the gate. Or... Yes, let's go. <laughs> Wasting time. Let's go. Okay. All right. Cool. Oh man, I messed up earlier. Cool. 
Um, so you go back to the basement. I want my lightning gun back. Isn't that just in your... Oh, wait, no. Yeah, you were... Take, that was taken from you. Um... <sighs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> he wasn't gonna give it to you first. <laughs> no, we can't have that. Um, once you guys are getting to, or once you guys get to the basement, you're each given a small chalkboard on a string, along with a few sticks of chalk. Riley and Lang have their own chalkboards and chalk in hand, and they immediately step through the gate. Yeah, Ella takes a second to draw a little, a really shitty gun, handgun on the board with the words bang, bang, and then points at it with a question mark <laughs> before they go through. Oh, they, sorry. Okay. <laughs> they come back and they say, we have some guns in a, um, in a tunnel this way. Um, just follow us. I, I could have said it, but it was more fun like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we... Each of you go through the gate. And this is where... Okay. Um, everyone loses five magic points and one point of sanity. And you guys should have taken that earlier, but um, overlook that. <laughs> Woo! I'm at 98. Oh, I do have magic points. I'm tumbling down the rabbit hole. <laughs> and then, How many magic points did you say? Five. Uh, and you have a momentary, you have a brief momentary darkness, a sudden or a brief period of disorientation, strange feeling in your gut, and suddenly you find yourselves in a tunnel where Lang and Riley are waiting. The tunnel leads uphill for about straight for about, for about eight feet. Strange footprints litter the floor, along with what look like deeply embedded wheel tracks. Everyone, uh, roll an int roll. Did you say Ed or Int? Ed, ed, or ed, int roll. Roll Ed. Intelligence roll. Education. Oh, uh, okay, that didn't work. Those who succeed <laughs> realize that your lungs are no longer functioning. Breathe. Nor is your heart beating. The realization of this uncanny feeling provokes a sanity. I'm probably fine. I just can't see a talk for some reason. Yeah. Good. Yeah, my sand's fine. <laughs> Alright. Uh, lose one if you fail. Or lose one if you make it. Lose one before you fail. If I Can any of us actually fail these Wait. I failed my int roll. So that, that means I don't actually have to lose any sand? No, you don't. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, if you fail your int roll, you don't get the chance to lose it. Oh, cool. Um, at this point, I reach into my coat, I pull out a German flag, and I plant it in the ground. <laughs> yeah, Ella sees you do that and just writes a couple of question marks on a board and goes. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, <laughs> in the 60s, Morris. what the hell is this doing here? <laughs> I, I claim the space for the Weimar Republic. Years later, Rolf's great grandson writes the movie Nazis on the Moon. <laughs> no, years later, Rolf's grandson is a Nazi on the Moon. <laughs> uh oh. 
Oh. Uh oh. Like foreshadowing something. You guys notice um, that beyond the gate, uh, Matherson and three FOC guards are pushing a trolley through. Uh, Riley makes his way back to the gate and he catches the trolley as it appears to uh, make its way through. Lang turns to the investigators and writes on his chalkboard. Strapped to the trolley is a large steel drum with a box, the detonator at one end. Drum yeah, is. Ella writes a big ass exclamation mark on her board and holds it overhead and acts shocked. <laughs> <laughs> The drum is fully sealed, the bomb's timer adjusted by knobs on the exterior. Riley picks an investigator at random to push the bomb, which can be wheeled quite easily in the moon's low gravity. Uh, you, Chad, you're the biggest one. That's not random. That's logical. Sounds good. Riley signals the investigator. I am not arguing this. Leading them through the short tunnel into a roughly circular cave, around 50 feet in circumference and 20 feet high. Three exits face the investigators. Directly opposite is another large tunnel. To the left and right of this large tunnel are smaller exits. Wait, time out. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, that was a lot of information to say in one like, brief period. No. The one glazed over when you started talking. The, the soldier guy said it would take us a half an hour to get there, but the bomb only has a 20-minute timer. Yeah. No. Oh, well, we no. only have to get so far away. We don't have to get all the way, do we? Yeah, you don't need to get all the way away. Okay, it's two miles away. You guys are going to be one and a half miles back by the time this thing blows. When we set that timer, I'm John Cartering the fuck out of there. You can John Carter. <laughs> John Carter. I'm Terry Allen. Okay. I'll be Captain Midnighting away from there. <laughs> All right. For Doctor Who. Three exits face the investigators. Directly opposite is another large tunnel. And then to the left and right of this large tunnel are smaller exits. I write on my chalk card. Well, lead on, McDuff. You've been here before. Well, yeah, they're doing it. Riley motions everyone to follow as he darts into the small right-hand exit. Lang takes up the rear of the group. There are far fewer marks on the ground of this tunnel, certainly no wheel track marks. The investigator behind the bomb trolley in front of Lang notices that Lang hides the tracks of the bomb trolley by scuffing up the marks with his feet. The tunnel branches at various intervals, but Riley appears to know where he is going, walking with confidence through what appears like a maze. Eventually, the group enters another circular cave 40 feet in the circumference and 15 feet high. All right, can I, um, I'm sorry, can I make an intelligence roll or something to have a layout memorized. Go ahead. No, you wait. You're German. I'd like to do that. You use your German efficiency. No, I'm kidding. Roll the. Roll the. Nailed it. Yeah. You use German efficiency and, and photogenic memory. Oh, God. You're fucking third. Your bottom third. Alt, alt right? Really? All right, it's all all right. (laughs) However, your memory is photogenic, man. I'm actually going to be using my chalkboard to kind of map the route as we go. Okay. Well, I I just 
basically what this means right now is that our NPCs are now expendable because I know the way back. That makes sense. I'm going to grab a rock. <laughs> okay, you have a rock. And Good job, Charlie Brown. I have a rock. Astrid's making a map, and Rolf has memorized the map. Yeah, I also wanted to roll to see if I could remember the way out. Uh, every, any, everyone can roll in and roll to see if they remember the way out. Um, but nope. the real- <laughs> I forgot how we got here. <laughs> I, I, made it, I made it by four. It's just yeah. so exciting to be on the. Uh, yeah, Ella's just moon. overwhelmed with the fact she's on the moon. She's like, <laughs> so the room that you're in turns into canvas. Two flood lamps have been set up, connected to portable electric batteries. A few crates stand around each flood lamp. Human footprints litter the uneven floor. Riley pauses here while Lang writes something on his chalkboard. It reads, watch this. He squats and then proceeds to jump vertically, reaching a height of 12 feet. He descends slowly, lands easily on the floor, gives the investigators a smile, and a bat. writes 10 <laughs> on the board. Julius gives a golf clap. It's <laughs> all the better because there's no sound. Riley writes on his board and reveals the word jackass. Chad hands his board over to one of the other people and proceeds to try and jump higher. Uh, go ahead and make a jump roll. Okie dokie. Uh, see what we can do. Alright. Come on, you stupid app. This is the one thing Chad is good at. Athletic feats. Uh, if I can tilt this the right way so you can actually see it. There we go. I got a 39. Alright, so what's your jump what's your jump skill? My jump skill is amazing. Okay. But this thing says I have a 39. I rolled a 39. Okay. So you are able to jump up 15 feet into the air. Okay. Um, with a successful jump roll, you just soar up above everyone's heads and then drift slowly down. Um, you guys spend the next half hour orient or learning or orienting yourselves to like movement on the moon. Um, you guys find that. Um, for short distances, you guys can walk in slowly in a normal manner. Uh, if you increase your speed, it is impossible to sustain a walking motion due to the lack of gravity. Um, the most efficient way to walk is to look, putting one foot before the other, pushing off with this foot and landing on the other, but not separating the feet as in a normal stride. Chad is one of the heavy is, is a heavier person, you would say, right? Very much so. Okay, stopping and starting is easier for heavier people. Those carrying less weight find starting and stopping momentum harder. What what is uh, considered heavy? Um, Size 50 or less. More. Or more. Sorry. Wait, so I'm heavy? (laughs) I'm size 80. I'm size 55. I'm size 55. 
Size 80 is heavy. Size 50 is average. Oh, Zay. I was like, wait a minute. Are you calling me fat? <laughs> no, he's fat with a P. Back off, my lady, Julius. Helen <laughs> <laughs> writes on the board. Wait, I'm your lady. <laughs> off my. Um. <laughs> you guys find that you can jump really high. Um, you guys find that you can't speak to one another. Uh, you guys need to use the chalkboards. And. Um, Riley and Lang demonstrate that fire firearms can be fired effectively on the moon. Uh, let me explain. A gun, in fun, uh, a gun functions from the impulse delivered from the firing pin to the gunpowder inside the bullet. Oxidizer is required to initiate the chemical reaction, but as bullets are sealed, a gun can fire in the absence of oxygen. Determining the difficulty of the shot is still based on base range. While a bolt from a handgun would travel farther, accuracy is still based on its original base range. In other words, there are no changes in the rules to firearms. Explosives function on the moon only if the firing mechanism is designed to work without the need for air. Thus, dynamite and pipe bombs won't work, but grenades with their oxidizing materials built into the explosive function effectively. Also, trap rule Nazis. Did you just say dynamite won't work? Yeah, dynamite won't work and pipe bombs. It's got to have something burn for dynamite to work, and it won't here. Also. Shrapnel is six times more effective, hence the injury from a grenade works out as 40 10 damage to those within 18 yards, 2 to 10 within 36, and 1 to 10 within those, or to those within 54 yards. None of us have grenades, correct? <laughs> uh, you do. You, you do have grenades if you want them. They have the grenades at the, uh, Yeah, I'll take some. George, thing. You're all a couple grenades. Might as well. No, I fully expect them to blow us up anyway. I'm good with that grenades. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, speaking of which, uh, you guys, once Riley... The timer has started. <laughs> no, it hasn't started on the No, we have to set the timer. Yeah. I was just making fun of him because he said, <laughs> said oh, speaking of which, right after I said that. <laughs> uh, once Riley and Lang are satisfied with the investigator's progress... Guys are led to one of the crates. Inside are various firearms, which are offered the investigators. The crate contains six 303 Enfield or six 303 rifles, four 45 revolvers, two Thompson submachine guns, four flare pistols, a case of 24 hand grenades, as well as ample ammunition for all the guns. And Wesley, you can have your bar. Yes! Thank you, please. Uh, Riley opens another crate and removes sets of khaki green combat belts, passing one to each of the investigators. Riley and Lang uh, proceed to fill their pal- pal- uh, belt pouches with ammunition. They indicate to the investigators that they should do the same. After the investigators are kitted out, we receive a powerful battery-powered flashlight. I'm uh, going to hold up my lightning gun when they try to pass me. Okay. And finally, Riley removes two rolls of hemp rope from a crate, keeps one, and hands the other to Lane, who attaches it to a loop in his belt. And asks all of you to do the same. I'm gonna. Nothing says refile. get out of here faster like being tied together. And I have my loot. Okay. Do they have knives? Yeah. Oh, I'll take, I will take a knife. Yeah. Everyone equipped? 
Yeah. Everyone has all the stuff they want. Take yeah. a shotgun and a knife. Has a knife as well, of course. There isn't a shotgun, but you can take a rifle. Okay, rifle. Yeah, that's... Three or three rifle. Um, once everyone is equipped and ready, Riley writes on his chalkboard, follow me. Keep your wits about you. You then retrace your steps back to the first cave near the moon gate. Beckoning you all to follow, Riley heads towards the main cave's main exit tunnel. The way out leads uphill for around 30 feet to a circular entrance revealing a black sky dotted with distant stars. Pausing at the entrance, Riley takes a moment to compose himself and then gestures for the group to follow. The investigators now view something few humans in history will ever witness. The far side of the moon with their own eyes. Ella takes her board and writes, dun, 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 and then holds back up. <laughs> Clearly, no sunlight illuminates the high northern latitudes. Stars are visible, though far too weak and distant to illuminate the lunar landscape. Isn't cold? Uh, you guys don't feel cold. Well, technically, we're not actually living right now either. So. You guys have been improved, remember? Yeah. Uh, right, improved. They uh, scooped our tours, probably, too. Uh, currently, no sunlight illuminates the northern latitudes. Stars are visible, though far too weak and distant to illuminate the lunar landscape. As far as the investigators, torchlight reaches the landscape is a uniform, sterile white. The surface is spotted with low hills and pockmarked by numerous impact craters. Lane points out tire tracks marks tire track marks leading from their position out onto the lunar surface. While uh, while Riley writes, Jesus, that's hard to say. Previous ore shipments by the aliens. Following these tracks is the investigators winding between between hills and impact craters. It takes the group around twenty minutes to reach your destination. Into the dark environment. The city's walls upon them before you even realize it. The fact that one moment they're traveling through the landscape and the next they come face to face with a massive artificial structure should be awe-inspiring, to say the least. Roll for uh, roll for what? Roll for oh, 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 oh. Wait, what? that roll. Oh, okay. roll for sanity. Okay. I made it by one. I missed it by 11. Oh, I made it. Chad has a sanity of 95, and I rolled a 97. Man. It happens, man. It happens. Uh, I have the in the, the tree episode. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Riley and Lang pause and raise their flashlights. The, beam illum- the beams illuminate a curved wall 150 feet high, composed of large blocks of stone. So what is the sanity loss for people who made it or failed? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, if you made it, it was zero. And if you failed, it was 1d3. Benny grabs Ella's hand and just squeezes it tight. He knows how she's feeling. She just doesn't even notice she's so at all. <laughs> the wall curves left and right for as far as the flashlights can reach and is covered in groups of dots formed in strange geometric designs. Circular apertures of various sizes line the wall, each seemingly light, leading to a deep darkness beyond. Topping the wall are stone towers and ramparts, the tallest tower reaching some 400 feet in height. Connected, connected together by stone bridges, these towers vary from fragile-looking fluted pipes to spirals and jagged edifices covered in cubes and spheres. Uh, no one has Cthulhu Mythos skill, do they? Oh. 
Nope. nope. Wait, I have one percent in it. I have one. Try <laughs> for that one. Okay. Go for Try it. For that. I have faith in you. New. Eighty-eight, baby. Thirty-four. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Someone got I'm me. I'm sure out. to get an A on the paper about this. So directly beneath, or directly below the area where you all have paused. It's a circular tunnel with the Amigo uh, tire tracks continuing here. And after waving the investigators forward, the pair enters the tunnel. Or the pair that leave. Inside, flashlights reveal more stonework designs decorating the tunnel walls while the tunnel continues straight for 30 feet, passing by other junctions and leading deeper into the city. Ah. Continuing down the main tunnel, the team arrives in a star-shaped room, paved with tiles and with no ceiling. The area is similar to the bottom of a well. The wall terminates 50 feet above with random arches dotting its surface. Another archway on the opposite side provides the way out. Entering, the tunnel continues for another 30 feet before ending at a large circular plateau. At the tunnel mouth, a dozen old indented mining cars stand, each bearing thick rubber-coated wheels. Small lumps of metallic-looking green-black ore litter the ground, or can be found inside the cars. I will take a sample of that. Well, you know it as the Pesquatlium ore. Um, so it's the same as the samples that you've always taken, um, and that you're very familiar with by now. Uh, the investigator's attention shouldn't be focused on the cars for long, but what lies beyond is far more interesting. Riley indicates for everyone to crouch behind the cars. So concealed, he points to what lies ahead. The plateau is roughly 500 feet in diameter, one part of the sprawling ancient city. It has been cleared of structures, their remnants somewhat visible in the piles of debris lying around the space's outer edge. Mounds of Pasqualium are piled nearby this wreckage. The whole scene is illuminated by the sinister shape of a gigantic machine that you all can imagine only as the shape of a spider. No. <laughs> The massive machine, resembling a 40-foot-tall, ten-legged spider thing, slowly moves around the plateau in a sideways motion. Formed from reddish metal plates, the machine's abdomen glows from within, transparent circular plates issuing a fiery yellow glow. Positioned to the northeast of where the investigators hide, the spider machine follows a circular circuit around the perimeter, ever-long progress having formed a huge circular ditch in the ground. At the northern end of the circle, the half-finished Mego dimensional gate can be spied. Intricate indeed, even from a distance, it resembled some half-organic snake-like structure, standing over 200 feet tall and covered in twisted tubes and strange symbols, which makes one queasy just by focusing on them. Looking at the non-Euclidean geometry of the thing calls for a sanity hole. You son of a bitch. And Ella takes a time to write on the board. Whatever you do, don't look into its deadlights. <laughs> I, want, I want you all to lose this time we're looking. Mm-hmm. If you failed, it's 1d4. If you made it, it's zero. So Oddly fine. I lost it at the beginning with the cyclopean spheres and squares and now I've lost more I've lost six sand on those two 
That's that's fine. It's, it needs to be five in one go. Oh, okay. Unless five is... Or, but you were at, uh, what, 99 parts? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like, I'm five. doing okay. It's five in one go, and then like uh, 20% within a game day. Oh, okay. As you all watch, the spider machine causes as the base of its circular head issues a stream of molten metal adding to the growing gate. Next, from behind the mounds of Pasquale, four oozing and iridescent forms appear. The bubbling horrors roll forward like giant and repulsive sea slugs, covered in a multitude of glowing eyes and their skin changing color like that of a squid or octopus. Um, if anyone wants to try, go ahead and roll for your Cthulhu Mythos roll. Okay, what the heck? You. Man, see a point in that. I got zoology. Can I roll that just to see what happens? <laughs> you can't roll zoology for non-earthly beings. Still maybe. How about physics? No, you know. physics. Cthulhu mythos or nothing. I was joking ah. about the zoology thing. I yeah, yeah. So uh, we're biology. We're prepare the mind to see such foul and horrific beasts. Terrifying. Ooh. I'm not looking into the dead lights. Roll for sanity. Because this is so weird shit. So, so it would be so much worse if 70. I had less sand. I know. <laughs> <laughs> failed. I rolled 02. I super fucking passed that. That is amazing. I failed. <laughs> I passed. You passed. It's I passed. Fixed. Maybe Vinny failed. Wait, if you pass, it's 1d6? Pass, it's 1d6. Holy wow. Shit. Finally. What was it if you failed? Okay. If you failed, Four. it's 1d20. Ooh. Ooh. Five. Woo. Seven. And you go insane. And you go insane. And you go insane. <laughs> and you go insane. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Nice. I lost one point. Plus one point, so it's just Rolf and Julius. Or not Julius, um... Benny. Benny? Yeah. I'm getting... I'm getting Julian and Julius mixed up. I'm sorry. Alright. So, um... Hold on one second. Go ahead and roll 1d10. Go ahead and roll 1d10 each. Two. Five. Johnny Five. One. Are you failed too? Yep. Wow. I'm not doing well with my sand this time. How much did you lose? I've lost a fair amount, but I'm I'm in the high 80s still. No, no, I mean this go. How much did you lose with this one? Oh, well, I I lost three. Uh, oh, you don't have to roll then. It was, oh, okay. They lost they lost uh, seven and five, five respectively. Oh, my apologies. All right, there was a two rolled and a five rolled. Correct. Uh, we rolled a two. Eight. Eight. Correct. Okay. Um, 
you begin to flee, but Riley and Lang grab you and say, stop, calm down now. Um, Rolf, you start... I don't have your character sheet on him. What do you mean? Um, well, it's... Uh, your your ideology and beliefs are being or are starting to manifest in an extreme manner. So, okay. oh dear, uh, not a true believer in any sense of the word, but still has a strong work ethic. As he is at Archimon Scholarship, he will afford to slack off. That is ideology and beliefs. Do you need something else to lock onto? Yeah. Um. How about significant people? My mother and father. Uh, he's the first in his family to go to college and is determined not to let them down. The fatherland. Fatherland! Need more? No, you're just going to do this for the fatherland. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I take out another flag. And I start waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I read it on my pad. Well, Ella tries to help calm Benny down. Okay, Ella calms Benny down. Um, Devin starts like trying to manhandle Rolf. Stop! You're going to draw. Like he's like he's, he's he's trying to grab you and write on his chalkboard at the same time. And he's trying to like write stop. <laughs> he's probably mouthing the words, and we can read his lips, though. So. Yeah, he lips. doesn't speak English. English as a second language. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's just say you can't. Yeah, right now it's you're in full German mode. Let's just say that he's singing the national anthem and everything. Nobody can hear it, but he's singing it. I understand English. <laughs> um. So, so the guy yelling, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> yeah. Rolf thinks he's saying, yavor, yavor. <laughs> <laughs> thinks he's celebrating along with it. He's asking for my papers. <laughs> papers, please. Uh, yeah, you guys are essentially manhandled down into... Sedation. <laughs> um, <laughs> or science. So Lang turns uh, like it. Eventually, Lang writes on his truck. Well, what the hell are those? And then Riley taps him on the shoulder, and he shows Lang and the investigators his truck. Word. We need a plan. I have a plan. I read on my chalkboard. I thought the bomb was Poland. the plan. Breaking the treaty. <laughs> yeah, I thought the bomb was the plan. Uh, we need a way to get it. To, I'm, I'm gonna just. We're gonna talk. I did not have to say. Uh, I figured we'd eventually get tired. Of how that. do we get? We're gonna need. We're gonna need a way to get it there. Um. Watching the scene unfold before you, the, the investigators can see two of the of the Shug, like the Shugoths approach the spider machine laden with Pasqualium. They proceed to clamber atop the machine and raise a circular hatch through which they drop their loads. Meanwhile, <laughs> yeah. 
We didn't happen to bring a whole lot of salt with us, did we? <laughs> Meanwhile, the other two the other two Shogoths head toward the cooling Pasqualium seem to dance over its surface. Mm-hmm. It is only when they pull away the investigators can see the creatures have carved arcane symbols into the Pasqualium surface. Once this procedure has been carried out once, the investigators notice a pair of Amigo fly down onto the plateau. The fungi appear to be inspecting the work, flitting between the mega, between the Shogoths and apparently communicating by rapidly changing the color of their heads in tune with those emitted by the Shogoths. The process of construction begins again and repeats. Each time, more of the ore is carried to the spider, spider machine, melted down, and poured and etched to form another inch of the dimensional gate. The process is incredibly slow. Okay. Um... Can we reset the timer on the bomb? No, it's it's only twenty minutes. Well, I was thinking I was thinking about making it shorter. No, we can't we can't alter it at all. Okay, uh, where well, does the bomb go in relation to the monsters? Um. All right. So, is there a point where the monster, the monsters, the shugouts, and the spider thingy are farthest away from the gate? Uh, when they're when two are, are are leaving to extract ore from one of the many heaps that are around. Okay. Um, and and the the gate is in the center of the cir- of the ditch that the thing dug. Yeah. Here, let me show you. Is that that's a spider thing? Where's the gate in that thing? The gate is the entire circle that it's going around. Oh, um, oh wait, so the, the ditch is the gate? Yeah. Oh, and it's filling it in. Okay. Yeah, and this is this is what's been made so far. Where are we? Yet to be constructed. You guys are here. Well, shit, we could just okay. sneak over to the one of the ends and stick the bomb. Go there and then to put the bomb, or where? Yeah, that one's. I guess they both. Like whichever is like, however close we can get from yeah. where we are to try to keep them being seen, stick it there and run. <laughs> well, do we have? Or is is there any welding gear around? Do we have like oxygen or acetylene tanks or anything like that? No. It wouldn't burn here. It's not the burning that I'm concerned about. Well, if nobody breathes, it doesn't matter, though. An oxygen tank, right, but an oxygen or an acetylene tank, release the pressure would provide propulsion for the trolley. Ah, good point. Yep. Well, well what there you have... And whatever the fuck that spider thing is. Alright, so who among us is actually stealthy, including the NPCs? Not I, said the... Said the I'm totally no, I've got base. I have no stealth. We're fucking students. <laughs> Julius, Julius got good with stealth last game. Did I? Oh, yeah, yeah you're the one that stuck up there. I forgot. He actually gave me stealth. Yeah, he did put stealth. He did yeah, stealth. you got okay. percent stealth. They have a good stealth skill. Okay. You're not going to like this. But if we can get at least one person, maybe two, with stealth to push the cart and place the bomb, or place the bomb. I don't know if you have to push the cart or whatever. 
placed a bomb and said it while the rest of us, I don't know, fire guns at them and distract them away from there. And as soon as they, they see us, we book down the mm-hmm. corridor. Well, we should untie ourselves first. Or we're all tied together, right? Right. But but there are grenades. How far can we throw a grenade in this gravity? We have Chad, too. Well, it would take a little bit longer for it to land. Um, Actually, that might not be a bad idea. If, if Chad can throw like a series of four grenades, right? At each of the shuggas, two at each, right? Mm-hmm. Using By his... the time they get there, we could prob- possibly get the uh, this enough of a head start to to get the hell out. Ah, well, how fast does it take a, a grenade to blow up? That's the question. Well, even if it's mid air when it goes off, it'll still be a distraction. Well, not, like something like well, not if like, it doesn't go very far, then it's still like, right st- in front of us. But I mean, it'll still be a visual distraction for the them. point is we might not be able to get away from it. <laughs> As you guys will recall earlier, the Pasqualium ore is also explosive, uh, and there oh. are, there are ore heaps all over. That's what. All so these- wait, can we just shoot the ore heaps? Would that well, we'd set to, it off, or we have, have to use a grenade. grenade? Yeah, you have to use a grenade. So if we throw the grenades around the ditch, might just blow it up that way. Uh, that, ah, I know exactly how they tell Chad how to do this. There. <laughs> so we try and get a shut up near an orgy, blow it up. That's our distraction, and hopefully damaging the shutouts while we uh, while stealth person sets the act the big bomb. And then we book. Okay. Uh, which one do we want? Which one do we want it to go to? Like, which which heap do we want to throw the grenade at? The big one. We should throw it at a heap that is far enough away that we can not be caught in the blast. We're relaying this information for Chad. I need a specific heap. Okay. Well. So point point at one. And okay. she'll mark it on the. Uh, she's well, drawn it on her tablet. So I asked one of the one of the NPC guys, um, how much of an explosive will blowing one of those heaps up do? Um, big enough. <laughs> okay. All right. Plot size. So okay. yeah, Ella takes a second to sketch out the the the, the room, like like the map you just showed. That's pretty much what she draws. Yes, that's what she's gonna do. She's gonna take yeah. X's and O's and explain to Chad <laughs> to throw her grenade over there when we tell him. So she draws an O and she she takes, she points at him in the O, to, so he understands it's him. And she shows them a grenade, and then she shows the line to that to that pile, and hope he understands. <laughs> she marks the pile with an X, so he knows that's where he needs to throw it. <laughs> Chad, Chad says the words, "I'm not an idiot, you know." 
without writing it down. <laughs> Ella takes your pad from you, Chad, and writes on it, I don't think you are. I just want to be sure you understand. <laughs> okay. So you guys are heading over, uh, you guys are splitting up? Yeah, it looks like it. Um, which three of you are going to push the, or which of you are going to push the bomb, and which of you are going to go blow up the uh, piece of ore? I have um, no stealth, so it would have I to be obvious. Well, I guess uh, I got. Uh, I guess Wait. I'm working the car here. Pasqualium is explosive, correct? <laughs> yeah. And there are shards of pasqualium laying all over at our feet, correct? Um. We have entire carts of Pasqualium here. Oh, yeah, there's the mining carts. So, yeah, there are a bunch of little bits of it right here. So, we effectively have bombs all over the place. Oh, so, yep. can we stick a grenade yeah. in, in a cart and set it and push it? Yeah, I could uh, do that. You can. Or, or tie a rope to the pin. Get it, or... Yeah. Yeah. I will not acknowledge your dad joke, sir. <laughs> tie, tie a rope to the pin of the grenade. That way we don't have to or try to push it and get away from it before it explodes. Right. Also a decent idea. Yes. Push it push it out. And in fact, uh we probably have enough rope that we could tie multiple pins yep. to multiple carts and pull them all simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. Giving us probably five seconds. If we had oxygen tanks, it would be even cooler plan. Yeah, but you're asking too much of the game. Yeah. We got what we got. So we got. I'm sorry, you can't get more stuff, MacGyver. (laughs) (laughs) Betty writes on his chalkboard. This would be so much easier with oxygen tanks. All right, so which of you are going to be pushing the cart to the, um, or the bomb towards the machine? I'm on Team Obvious. I've been pushing that there cart up there to the Ozarks of death. I'm I'm on Team No Stealth. All right. I think everybody but Julius is on Team No Stealth. Yeah, so Julius and uh, Devin will be pushing it. Lang will accompany you guys. Okay. The rest of you. Um, we'll split it up from there. Okay. We'll go with the, we'll go with Team Obvious first. So, which which pile were you guys going to blow up, by the way? Uh, I thought we were planting grenades in the carts. Yeah. yeah. Multiple carts. Yeah, but we need to know which one are we trying to get the cart next to. Oh, wait, you guys are just going to blow up the carts, not the heaps? Well, we're uh, trying we to get one close to a heap. Okay, that's what you're doing. I'm sorry. What's that? The, okay, the plan is to... Can hold up the map again, and we can try to pick one, I guess. Push. That's what you guys are doing. And then pulling the grenades. Yeah. Yeah, pull ropes with... Uh, we'll wedge the grenades into the carts. Pins. Tie the ropes to the pins. Push the carts out as fast as we as hard as we can, so they roll toward a thing. Pull the pin out, 
grenade blows, cart blows, hopefully a pile nearby blows. Okay. It's going to be a distraction either way. Uh, who has demolitions rolls? Actually, or does anyone here have demolitions? We all look plan. at the other NPC that is with us. No, I'm just I'm just a genius. Okay. The uh, yeah, the NPC will take care of it. Um <laughs> He rigs up he rigs up the cart or you guys are all you guys don't rig up the cart yet. You guys are pushing the cart. Um you guys make your way around to the other side of the um of this room. Yeah, as far away from the things that are, you know, in the room as possible. Preferably. They're they're all over here. Okay, so yeah, anywhere like where they can't immediately see us, that's where we're trying to head. What you guys, I'm guessing you guys are probably going to go is around this way. Right? Yeah. Or which way do you want to go? Yeah. Um, uh, which would be see. the better side to set no. the bomb on? It's a question. Because we want to go the opposite way of where they set the bomb. They're all, they're all right there. Machine. Okay, so they're going up there. So yeah, we're going to go on the other side. Okay, hold on a second. Show me that map again. Okay, now it would look like Hold it up a little bit higher because the the bar is blocking. Okay, hold on. Okay, it looks like if they're standing all on this upper right corner. Yep, they are around this. Okay, it looks like the two ore heaps at the lower right would actually block their view. This one? Yeah. So if we push the carts to this lowest heap right here, that would be the spot to set everything up to blow. They look this way. The other guys can come around behind this ore heap. So they would go around this way? That would be my guess. Yeah, yeah. that would be the only way they could go if we set the bombs right there. Because I'm yeah. pretty sure like when we set that off, that entire side's just gone. Because ain't no way getting through there. Right. And these two heaps are close enough together that if we detonate one, it's likely to detonate the next. All right. So my only, my only question is, if we get the two in the lower right, is that going to block our entrance, our exit, when the ceiling starts falling down? According to our plan, we'll still be where, like, that opening is where we're, we're coming in because we're going to pull the pins. Right. But the problem is the people that are putting the bomb down on the other end. <laughs> How are they going to get out? This does involve leaving me way over there during the explosion. And I have a, I have a retirement plan. Well, if you're a week from retirement, then this is perfect time for um, this to happen. Julius, roll an idea roll. I'll do that. That's uh, the idea. Is that enough idea? Let me see what's like an idea right here. Uh, what's the idea again? And, sorry. Uh, yeah, you have the idea that you would rather probably go a shorter route because you guys are pushing a big-ass cart after all. Yeah, that's the other problem. What's the short... What's the okay. Short New plan. Let me look at the map again. All right. Since the spider thing is, I'm assuming the crosshatch is the completed version. Yeah, that's the completed. So it's moving toward 
is effectively moving toward us from that side. Yeah, it's it's moving extremely slowly, though. It's not going to get to you for years. What about how, where will it be in 20 minutes? It's going to be exactly where it's at. It's moving at an inch, like, an inch, like, every 30 minutes or, like, an hour. And it's a big several hundred foot thing. It's, it's slow as shit. It's not going to – it's going to be a long time for this thing to complete. Okay. So, okay, well. Yeah, you have you guys have plenty of time. It's not moving from this position. And what's the what's the yield of the bomb that we have? Roughly? Oh, I don't know that. Um, it's <laughs> big enough to blow up that machine. Okay. Plot, plot big, plot yield. Plot, plot yield. Size. Okay. Plot um, size. then we should set the bomb. I don't know. See, the the thing is is putting the bomb right up next to the machine. I think it would be better to use the bomb to create a chain reaction with this big fucking pile right here. Talking about this one? Yeah. Uh, it would be, uh, it would be some lobby there. I was thinking, though, we just push it into the middle of the ring. Yeah, but we, then... no, we just have to blow up the ring. No, they, I think they have to destroy the machine so they have to build another one so they can't just immediately start doing this again. Well, I think that's what the plan them. is. Wait, of course, is that's that, suicide that, in its own right, trying to get to that thing, in my opinion. Is, okay, is that so, the squalium that is laying down in the circle? Is that what the marked stuff is? Yeah. If we Process. blow up that ring, why it's going to blow up the machine. It's going to, the whole yeah. ring is going to go. Yeah, why don't we just do that? Because uh, it has been altered by the machine. To not yeah, it's processed. Ah, oh, shit. It has plots. Yeah. It has plots. Damn it, my plot. Okay, another another question. Okay, it has Nick's on its wits tonight. Now, if if the portal came from the mountain base, correct? Yes. Where it, which is where they're mining the Pesqualium originally, correct? Yes. So we have their way back to the Pesqualium. Yes. So, but it doesn't go back to Pasqualium anymore because they stole it. Right. So, really, all we need to do is get rid of the Pasqualium, not the machine. Well, we have to if we have to get rid of the Pasqualium and the method of them get, either getting it, them getting to Earth, or getting Pasqualium to the Moon. Right, which is the the portal in the basement of the... Uh, oh, right. Okay. The bomb is going to be big enough to destroy this entire base. Okay. You guys, that's why it's a 20-minute timer, so you guys can be going back far enough by the time this thing gets goes off where you can safely get so we back. Just have to, have to... So we just got to plant it. We don't have to actually plant it on the machine, right? No. Yeah, you just have to plant it. Okay, well, then the mine carts to the big pile here. On the left, blow that up. The other guys are going up this way. Oh, wait, plant no, the bomb. we don't want the distraction because we don't want them to be alerted that we were ever here. We just set right. the bomb and leave. I thought we had to blow up the circle and had to, had to not be seen by shutdown. Just put it okay, next, next to the pile on the left or the right, the closest one, and, and 
Send it off and we'll split. Yeah, put it in the middle yeah. of those things and it'll blow all that up and hopefully cause train reaction anyway. Yeah, they're really good. I mean, if it's or between the two big ones. Room, does it have to be in like a sweet spot in the room or does it just have to be in the room? Uh, they Both the NPCs say that it would be best if they blew up the machine itself. That way you know for sure that it's gone. Okay. Uh, Alright. Okay, well, we'll set up our distraction pot. Well, we don't need the distraction. We just need somebody to sneak around and yeah, but I mean, if they're insistent on doing that, we might need the distraction anyway. Well, if, we if they to, fuck up, we need the distraction. <laughs> yeah, we'll need the distraction as an extraction method, possibly as well. Right. Okay. So if they get spotted after they plant the bomb, we can blow a pile, and uh, that'll possibly spook them long enough for the other guys to get back. Okay, we'll put up the that map up because. I was just holding it. Yeah, no sweat. So yeah, we'll still go through and we'll rig the carts to blow a pile. We just don't have to be in a super hurry to do that blowing of the pile right. this time. For some reason, I thought that we had to get that circle. Yeah, yeah. I I was thinking that. Oh, I knew we weren't having to give that. I knew when Nick said that where they had to put the bomb, I knew they were trying to blow up the spider. Thing. Chad throws a grenade. No, Chad! No! <laughs> I said win, Chad! Win! <laughs> okay, is that a lot better now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear nice. Lord. There we go. This is of a crater near the spider thing. Unfortunately, from the uh, right. Okay. Yeah, let's just plant our bombs on the left or to the distraction. Let our stealth crew go up and set the bomb wherever they need to set it. And then we'll, we'll go from there. We'll improvise from there. Okay. Julius and Devin, you guys are pushing the cart. We'll go to Mobius. Alright, you guys are able to push your cart to um, let's see... Past the two or big ore heaps on the right. Can you see my cursor at all? Uh, yeah, I could see it a minute ago. Or... Can you see my cursor? No. Okay. Oh, yeah, all right. The two on the lower right. Or lower left. I'm sorry. You guys get past the two on the lower left. That's your. That's the way you're going, right? Yes. Okay, you guys are able to get up that way. Um, <clears throat> uh, roll stealth rules. Okay. Well, what are we doing? I zoned out for a second. You guys are rolling stealth rolls as you guys are trying to quietly or trying to discreetly make your way across. Not quietly, because there's not sound here. You guys are trying to discreetly make your way across. Do we get bonuses on our stealth roll in that case since there's no actual sound? <laughs> Uh, no, because Shogoths don't listen anyways. Who is all sneaking? Yeah, who all sneaking anyway? Uh, it sounded like it was everyone but Julius and and Devin, so... Wait. Everyone else? I'd imagine two people whoa, 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 can take whoa, whoa, care whoa. of pushing a cart, at yeah. least. 
at most two people because the more of us go, the more chance they'll get seen anyway. Yeah, none of us have stealth. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're I thought the whole reason they were taking the cart was because they actually had stealth. Yeah. They had that old plot Dakota shuffle. You know what? I got those mixed up. That's, uh, yeah, that was Julius that's supposed to make the stealth roll. I'm sorry. I just say, it's like, wait, what are we doing? All right. Yeah. This sounds profoundly unfair. Like, this completely undermines everything we just planned. (laughs) We can edit that out in post, right? Yeah, we can edit that out in post. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All flubs are forever on the internet. (laughs) All right. So, um, Julius, you guys make your stealth rolls. Um, Socket, we'll do it live. Yep. No, Chad, put down the grenade. <laughs> Chad sacrifices himself, making an end run toward the big board heap. Uh, and the rest of you reach the Pasqualium that you guys um, were going to detonate. That's Which one was that again? Or... Where, where are you guys sending your detonation minecart off? Or your dynamite minecart? Or grenade minecart, I'm sorry. Diamond minecart? Yeah, diamond minecart. Where are you guys putting your uh, distraction? I thought it was the one on the right. Yeah, it'd have to be to the other side of where they're going. It's just, it's a tricky situation because we don't want to get anywhere near where they could see us either. <laughs> Because, you know, no stealth and all that. Um, okay, Lang, Lang gets to this. You guys get to the smaller one at the top right, or top left, I mean. Uh-huh. It's like directly opposite of the spider thing. Oh, that's good enough, because if we set that off, they'll go that way, and that'll give them a chance to get out, because we don't want them coming to where we're exiting. Yep. So... Uh, Lang says this is probably as good one as any, as you just also said, Lucy. Or not Lucy. You're not Lucy anymore. Who's Lucy? That's the wrong game. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What the fuck, Wesley? All right, never mind. (laughs) Wesley has Dragon Oak in Paradise. Woo! All right, you guys get to, you guys get to that piece of, uh, that piece of stalling. And you guys can set off your dynamite. Um, how are you doing this? You mean grenade? Yeah, your grenade. You're pushing it. Uh, who is pushing the cart towards the thing? And who's pulling the rope? Uh, hmm. I'll push. What the hell? Okay, okay. Chad and Astrid can push it. Uh, Kim, go ahead and roll for Chad. What am I rolling? Uh, strength roll. Strength. Seventy-one. Is that me or him? Uh, that's both of you. What's your strength? Oh, uh, my strength is sixty. Um, and Chad's is really—he's strong. So you guys are able to push it. And it starts gliding off towards the Pasqualium uh, or heap. Uh, who's holding the rope? 
That's going to detonate this thing or set it off? Fuck, I'll hold the rope. Okay. Can we make a roll to have Chad forget and just leave the rope in the cart? No. 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 Hold the rope. You guys have planned this out. <laughs> yeah, but you still you you gave instructions to Chad. I'm just saying. Right. Yeah, we're, we're so like invested in this plan. There's zero chance we'd let Chad do that. Yeah, if Benny, <laughs> if Benny is pulling the rope, don't you think Benny would have set it up? True. Okay, you guys, um, you guys push the cart off. You guys duck for cover behind this um, this little indentation in the wall. Uh, Benny, go ahead and pull the rope whenever you want to. All right. What am I? Do I am I rolling for this or just pulling the rope? Just pulling the rope. Wait, isn't this? Wait, 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 you, wait this, this is like, just in case. This is just yeah, in case. Yeah. So we're we're sitting so we're here. We're, we're sitting here watching them to see how they do. <laughs> I thought this was the distraction. If they need, but the distraction is just in case. This the is if they is fucked if up. They, if they fail their stealth roll, okay. this is this is an extraction right. distraction. Um, you guys are able to make it to the, um, you guys are, not you guys, Julius and Devin, not all of you, are able to get to the, uh, spider machine. Or not, you guys aren't able to get all the way to the spider machine. I'm sorry. You guys are able to get up near the thing. And you see that the, uh, four Shoggoths are still doing their work. Yeah, it's for them. There's two, like, they, they, when he told us about them, they were in sets of twos. Okay. I must have missed that. Oh, there. Hopefully you don't fail a sand roll for getting a real good look at the Shoggoths. That would be terrible right now. That would be bad. Go ahead and roll Roll another stealth roll again. The stealth, that gives me... Uh, ooh, got, let's see how much luck I spend here. Luck <laughs> 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 oh, all the luck. <laughs> Let's see. I got I got thirty nine luck. at the eighty uh, eight. Uh, Julian, he's hesitating. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Benny, he's hesitating. <laughs> well, that's three luck. I'm dead. Another three luck. Holy shit! Okay. Yeah. So you guys are able to creep up towards the giant machine. And it's uh, just towering over you, but you guys are able to creep up without the Shugoth seeing you guys somehow. Uh, roll a successful science, physics, demolition, hard ints, or like something like architecture. Uh, Operate heavy machinery because you're looking for the we- you're looking for the weak spot in this thing essentially. Can we say I've got much fifty since I'm a soldier? Um, you should have demolitions, I thought. I say the buddies, like your buddy, should have demolitions to maybe roll for him. Yeah, but I gotta let the player character do it first. Yeah, well, this scenario's bullshit. Roll for fifty. Okay, let's see what happens. <laughs> oh, fifty-six. That looks about right. Alright, he makes it. He says, I thought we already went over, like, we're both taught by the same guy. Come on, Julius. And he, like, slaps him upside the head. 
it's that, it's that floppy jaw, you know? It makes you, make you get all wandering. Yeah, it's a Fox Dakota curse. Um, you guys are able to set the bomb and start the timer. Uh, you see it starting to count down from 20 minutes. Okay. It's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, like a Rolodex type of thing. It's, it's not digital. Oh, yeah. Good old. Odometer. One of those old school odometers. Flip, um, flip, 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 flip. Yep. Wow, it's the end of Goldfinger. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm invincible. All right. Um, I will call it an implosive, explosive nuclear device. <laughs> right. Uh, and you guys, I guess, are starting to book it. Run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, those are inside. Roll spot hidden. Actually, no, uh, you guys, who has who has the best spot hidden roll? What's the percentage at, out of the people that are in the obvious team? team I, got uh, I got a seventy in spot hidden. Seventy six. All right, those of you that have it above seventy, you're able to see on the other side. You're able to see if the other two are booking it. Start tapping people. Let's go. You also see that two of the shogoths have noticed them and are starting to chase them. Benny. And pull, pull. <laughs> yank the rope. Okay, you yank the rope, and you see a bright flash just just engulf the room for like a split second, blinding you all for a moment. Um, and then the it everything is stopped, and everyone is standing still, even the shugoths. And then the Shogoths start heading towards that explosion or that section immediately. Booking it. Running Running. John Carter, man. Okay. You guys are all running. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah. You guys are you guys get about fifteen minutes outside of the city. Uh, roll luck. Oh God! Everybody, yeah. I'm good. Thirty. I'm I good. failed that roll. I failed it. I'm good. Let me know if you failed it. Let me know if you fumbled, like on a ninety-nine or a hundred. I straight. I I just simply failed. Okay, whoever failed it can try a dodge or jump roll. Because what's happened is. You have some creeping feeling, and you turn around, and the city is gone, and there's a pile of debris heading slowly towards all of you. Okay. Uh, let's see. Jump. Do we say my jumps at 50? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> oh, God. I can't win tonight. Right, did you, you miss it by 30? I, I, I missed it by a lot. All right, uh, you take 1d8 damage. 1d8 damage? Yeah. Uh, whoever else misses their luck roll and then doesn't make a dodge or jump roll also takes 1d8 damage. Yeah. It's by a chunk of rock or something. 
Nick, what if you critically failed? Ooh. Oh, dear. Mm. Ooh. Oh, dear. What did you roll, 100 or 99? 99. Oh, uh, you take 46 as a awesome. large chunk crashes into you. And you can't try to dodge or jump against this one. Just that unlucky. Okay, so seven, eight, nine, ten hit points. I'm down to four. All right, you guys see Chad get smacked with a from behind. Like he's running with all of you, and then all of a sudden, just boom, he gets sent flying forward, and like his arms fly out in front of him. And how far forward does he fly? He's like a good ten feet. Closer to feet? I mean, like he was—he was running alongside you guys, and he gets and then he just... pushed. Yeah. All right. In front of you guys. Like when we full. catch up to him, we'll uh, drag him to safety. Hopefully. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, you got you know, you got here. There's that wandering accent again. <laughs> Don't make me laugh, it hurts. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't um wouldn't Chad have to make a con roll for taking a major wound? Oh yeah. Um uh, roll to see if you remain conscious. Come on, big boy, no time for sleeping. I'm trying. Let me see what we got here. What is my con? I have to pass my con? Yeah. Oh, I have 55 and I got 56. Can you spend a lot? Yeah. It's It's not like it saved you yet. (laughs) No, I know. Spend a lot. Okay, so you're conscious still. You guys pick him back up. You guys run back and you make it through the moon gate. Uh, so each of you lose five magic and one point of sanity, and you guys arrive back on Earth in FOC's building basement. Roll the gate! Um, how long has this taken? Hours. Okay, I'm just wondering, I guess one sanity. Does one sanity cause a relapse for me? And This is the end of it. I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> blow it, blow it. And wait, wait, wait. Before we go through the gate, Betty, I just want you to do one thing. What's that? Say, I got five kids to feed. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're Betty and you're on Mars. Come on. I'm on the moon. Oh, yeah, you're on the moon. Fuck it, then. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys make it through the gate. Julia shouts, "Blow it, blow it!" And the detonator, the dynamite, is set off, making this metal structure just explode and crumble. Now where's my pay? Congratulations! With the dimensional gate destroyed, the fungi's plan for harvesting our world is over, and the investigators have saved the universe. The Earth is safe, at least for a little while longer. Question mark. Yay! 
But my football career is ruined. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, you can always coach. He lost his girlfriend and his career. It's a yep. damn shame. Each of you gain 2d10 plus 5 sanity points Ooh. and a much-needed rest. As for you, dear keeper, reward yourself with a relaxing beverage like a lovely cup of tea. You <laughs> so I'm back at max again because, yeah. Yep. How much sanity? 2d10? 2d10 plus 5. I got seven sanity back. Had his attraction. And as Abelard has promised, each of you gets your fifty thousand dollars. Nice. The form of a check, dated for nineteen seventy-five. You asshole! You know I still got some grenades, Abelard. Plug him twice at the Luger. Uh, I'm going to beat my 50,000 out of them first, though. Um, you guys are able to go on about your lives. You guys are able to go back to Miskatonic University, only to find that your grades have not been affected. Actually, as a matter of fact, they are better than they were when you guys left. That's still transfer. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, that's that's the end of it. No, I'm are, joking. Ella wouldn't transfer. Shit happens here. You guys can now go to Miami. <laughs> nope. Ben <laughs> drops out of college and opens up a detective agency and hires Ted. <laughs> well, at least I got a job now. He never he never got around to asking Ella to marry him or anything now. <laughs> Julius goes far, far away from all this. And that was a time to artist. Chaosium Original. So yeah, thanks for watching and listening to A Time to Harvest. Um, there's Fungi on Friday, right? Yeah, we're traveling through the Weird West. There's probably D&D on Saturday. Jim West, Desperate. And next week, there'll be masks. Uh, not a lot for that. Hopefully. So keep watching the stars. And say goodnight, Grace. Goodnight, Grace. Good night, Grace. Good night.